Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I'm really, really I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back to episode 64 of the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I'm Zach Joyner, and I'm joined this episode by Mr. Joshua Lavenbertoni. Hello, hello. And you have got something special on the docket for this particular episode. Yeah, we've been... You, you, this, was your, this was your baby, so I'm going to let you have the moment to shine. This was all you, man. <laughs> well, when a man and a woman love each other very much, and then um, and then concurrently, as as a man and a woman are loving each other, there's unrelated events going on elsewhere where um, Peter David is back with Ben Riley, who's also back. We have a Scarlet Spider book, and uh, yeah, and we reached out to Peter David. You know, um, we were having a conversation about unrelated matters, and I said, "Would you like to hop on to talk about the first issue of Scarlet Spider?" The the result of that conversation is what you are about to hear. Yeah, uh, we're going to give you the direct, or the direct director's style commentary on issue one of Scarlet Spider, which came out on April twenty sixth of twenty seventeen. And so, if you haven't checked it out, it's available on Comicsology. It's four ninety nine, issue number one. And uh, so, here it is: the director's style commentary, episode sixty four, the interview with Peter David. What can I, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Well. We would love. Oh, okay. Well, we we would love to talk about Scarlet Spider issue one. Uh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and we think that you might be a little familiar with that. <laughs> I do have some passive familiarity with it, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one year ago, if somebody would have told you that you'll be writing a new Ben Riley series for Marvel, would you have believed it? Well, it depends who said it. I mean, if it were a random guy passing me on the street, you know, I would be suspicious. If it was Axel Alonso or Dan Slaught, I would probably take him much more seriously. <laughs> so how did this all come about? They asked me to write it. I mean, I'd love to tell you there was some sexy story behind it that they asked half a dozen writers to pitch ideas and that kind of thing. But quite simply, I got a phone call from my editors at uh, Marvel and they said, we're going to be doing a new Ben Riley series uh, coming off. And I said, I thought he was dead. And they said, no, he's going to be the Jackal. And I said, the Jackal who's behind the whole clone conspiracy thing? And they went, yeah. And I said, okay, that sounds interesting. And uh, we went out to lunch and we discussed the general 
thrust and direction of the series, and I agreed to the assignment. Awesome. And uh, how did Mark Bagley come on board? They told me Mark Bagley was going to be penciling it, and I was very <laughs> pleased about that. I mean, Mark is, you know, a consummate professional. He's been drawing for almost as long as I've been writing, and he, he's just terrific. I mean, you can count on him doing a beautiful job of rendering whatever it is that, as the writer, you're asking him to do. He's, 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 he's an absolutely fantastic artist. Is this your first time working with Mark? With Mark, I, I believe so. I mean, is it possible that we did one issue something at some point? I suppose it's entirely possible. But I'm re- this is certainly the first time that I've worked with Mark on an ongoing series. Uh, describe to me what, what you thought about the original costume design, because there was some uh, some fan reaction online that was both positive and negative towards it. And... I, honest to God, didn't understand the negative reaction. Now, Mark Mark's original design for the costume actually bore little to no resemblance to what eventually wound up being in the book. There was a great deal of editorial input uh, into what they wanted to see and Mark being the artist who was hired to do the job kept doing what everybody else wanted I really thought the original design was really nice Um, on the other hand interestingly enough some of the things that the fans absolutely hated the most were ideas of mine Um, for instance in one of the in one of the early versions, Mark had a little smirk, a little smile on the mask, and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And I said, "Oh my God, we should accentuate that smile." I mean, I love it. You know, a Spider-Man mask where you can actually see the guy smirking. Um, I thought that was perfect. It was certainly unique in the history of Spider-Man, and apparently, the concept of doing something that is unique in the history of Spider-Man drives the fans completely nuts. (laughs) So, because if nobody has seen it before, they don't know what the hell it is, but all they know is that they don't like it. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, you know, to me, the original costume, while perfectly adequate, seems to me like something that somebody would just throw together because they had no idea what else to do. You know, it's, it's, it's red long johns with a blue shirt. I mean, how this has become the classic go-to visual for the Scarlet Spider, I can't even begin to fathom, but I certainly <laughs> don't quite understand the, the innate, you know, fan hostility for something that they've never seen before. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the fans are going to bitch because that's what many fans do. Um, on the other hand, I thought, you know, overall, I thought the costume was perfectly good. I'm not sure why everybody complained about the hood, considering that Scarlet Spider had a hood decades <laughs> before Spider-Gwen. Um, you know, I, but then again, I didn't understand why fans crowded about the Incredible Hulk being intelligent, when if you go back to Incredible Hulk number six, he was perfectly articulate. Well, you know, so fans are fans are going to crap, but ultimately I hope that what it comes down to is they like the final look of the uh, of the character as we are portraying mm-hmm. now, honestly, when it comes to the costume 
really, I, if I were fans, I wouldn't get upset. This has not really been revealed anywhere, but what the hell, I'll tell you. Uh, the original costume is going to be coming back as of issue three. Okay. And indeed, as a kind of in-joke that pretty much everyone will get, I have a Spider-Man fan looking at Ben Riley's costume and criticizing it exactly along the way that fans <laughs> on the internet criticized it. So was that was that written after the reveal of the costume or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. Well, it absolutely was. Uh, was Leave it, it to you to, to give what the fan <laughs> give a voice to the fans in in the comic book, Mister David. That's awesome. Right. Was it always the well, plan they, to bring they, the to bring it back in issue three? No, no. Okay. Um, yeah, we were originally going to stick with the new one, and you know there was so much fan opposition to it that we all kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, you know what? At the end of the day, the the comic book is about Ben Riley. It's not about his freaking costume, mm-hmm. and you know. Why, why should we make this book about the freaking costume? Let's just, you know, let's just give the fans what they want. I mean, for decades, Marvel Comics has always said, we give the fans what they want. You know, we, you know, we, you know, the, the fans are the true editors at Marvel Comics. Well, there has never been, to my mind, a more precise example of that being the case than the uh, the Ben Riley costume. I mean, to me, it's of little relevance. What somebody wears when they're going about doing their job really kind of decides the point. But if it means that much to the fans, and if it honestly means so little to me, um, you know, Marvel said, let's come up with a, a reason to have him go back to the original. I went, okay. And I came up with a, with a reason for him to go back to the original. And just as a nod to the fans, as I said, I have a, I have a Spider-Man fan criticizing everything they disliked about the Ben <laughs> Riley costume. I even had him quoting Twitter things. I mean, I didn't attribute <laughs> Twitter. I, I just had I just had him looking, going, "What's with the smile? I can see your mouth." I mean, what's up with that? You know. So you know, what the hell? Why not? And he barely wears the costume in issue two at all because he's a. He's busy dealing with things pretty much as Ben Riley. So I'm looking at um, the recap page, and you mentioned um, the Jackal, you know, driving Ben Riley, you know, mad. How do you? Well, what's your? Which? Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, I didn't thought, say anything. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you no. were trying to speak. Um, how do you approach Ben Riley's sanity going into this? Like, you know, what, what, what's your take on that? Is he, you know? Is, is he doing all this because he was, you know, he's insane? And is that a journey that we're going on? I can't tell you too much because I've had some story thoughts to really address what's going on in Ben's head that I don't want to give away right now because it would give, him a, it'd give away major plot lines in issue six and seven. Um, I will say that Ben has gone through something that pretty much no other character in comic books has ever gone through. We, you know, in, we've always said, well, not we've always said, I've always said, that the pearly gates in uh, Marvel Comics do not exist. Rather, that's a pearly revolving door. Um, <laughs> you, you come, you, you know, you die, you come back. You die, you come back. It's 
become something of a comic book trope. That said, I think it can be fairly said that Ben Riley has died more than absolutely anybody else in the entire history of the Marvel Universe. Take that, I mean, Jean Grey. He's died. Oh, much more than Jean Grey. He's died dozens of times. I mean that was made explicit uh, in the in the in the clone saga. Um, ben has died dozens and dozens and dozens of times as part of the uh, as part of Warren's experimentation. Um, that's got to take a toll on you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, it, you know when when you think about what's going to happen when you die. You know, hopefully you think of heaven. You think maybe you're going to be ghost, you think whatever, Ben has died dozens and dozens of times and gone into oblivion and keeps coming back. That's got to start unhinging you at some point or another. And Ben is at this point, oh, sorry, Ben is at this point quite a bit unhinged. It has taken a deep insanity. I mean, as far as Ben Riley is concerned, he's not a bad guy. He was just, you know, to his mind, he was trying to help people. He was trying to, you know, give comfort to uh, dying people's or dead people's loved ones. You know, he, as far as he's concerned, he's one of the good guys. To my mind, that's about as realistic as you can possibly get. Because the fact of the matter is, everyone who is a bad guy thinks they're a good guy. The guys who run ISIS believe that their god wants them to do this and that they fight a worthy thought. Uh, Bin Laden thought he was a good guy. You know, bad guys always justify absolutely everything they do and present themselves as a positive force. And as far and, and some of them feel, well, you know, people are going to have to die, but that's the way it goes. In order to achieve the greater good, uh, people are going to lose their lives. Well, that's 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 it. You know, that's done deal. Um, ben Riley is very much of that same attitude. He was just trying to help people, and to some degree, he doesn't understand why he is considered the bad guy. On the other hand, let's remember that he was a superhero and he started out as a clone of Peter Parker. So there is certainly a part of him that recognizes the fact that the Jackal is evil and that what he did was evil, which would make him the bad guy. But he certainly wouldn't want to admit that to himself because as far as he's concerned, he's a hero. So his entire mind is in this bizarre state of confusion. That's why I had ghostly images of both the original Scarlet Spider and the Jackal tormenting him through the first issue to find a way to visually depict the insanity that is running riot through his head. And uh, going along with the whole... Uh director's commentary idea of uh, the issue. I'm looking okay. at uh, the first two pages right now. Um, you have the little fake out where he's on the Statue of Liberty torch and it turns out that he's in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, what was the idea that um, set the series in Vegas and is that going to be a permanent fixture or is he going to be kind of doing his Lost Years thing of going around the world? Well, 
No, no, no. We're not doing the Lost Years thing. Uh, he's going to be in Vegas for the foreseeable future. Um, I honestly don't recall whether that idea came from editorial or whether that idea came from me. But very early on, it was decided that he would be in Las Vegas. If for no other reason than Las Vegas is such a fascinating city visually. I mean, there's so many landmarks. There's so much to do. Why the hell not? And pretty soon you can draw a uh, football stadium. (laughs) A couple years. Yeah. I mean, you know, if... If we put in Chicago, we put in Detroit, we put in Los Angeles, wherever it is, at the end of the day, it's going to wind up looking like another freaking city. I mean, yeah, we can have them swing by the Hollywood sign every now and then, but, you know, at the you know, it's ultimately just going to be another city. You put them in Las Vegas, and it's nothing but fantastic visuals. So from that point of view alone, that seems to be the place to set it. And he um, stole his costume from a cosplayer. That's a, a nice little <laughs> modernization. Left yeah. him left him naked at a convention. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. I figured, what the hell, why not? I've seen so many fantastic cosplayers wearing costumes that looked like they could be worn by the actual superheroes. I mean, somebody put up on Twitter a cosplay, I think it was at C2E2, of Spider-Man 2099 in his new costume and Captain America 2099. And it was, you know, a, a fairly bulky woman wearing the, the Captain America costume. I thought that was fantastic. So, you know, what the hell? Why not? So he stripped a cosplayer. <laughs> in fact, when that when that Spider-Man fan, you know, makes fun of Ben Riley in issue three, you know, Ben could easily retort, hey, yeah. man, I didn't design the thing. I just stole it from some cosplayer. <laughs> don't, well, don't- maybe he does. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> and speaking of Ben Riley, you know, like arguing with people on on page three, you know, he's um with his little phantom Scarlet Spider self who uh, has a nice little jetpack, and I, I like the little strap on it in the front with like the uh, spider yeah. head signal. Yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a nice touch. I I, I thought uh, I thought the artist did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Reminds me Mark, of a toy. If, if you give Mark any kind of an opportunity, he will take it and run. <laughs> okay. Hey, that looks like a toy that came straight out of the 90s. Now, do you and Mark um, plot this old school Marvel style, or is this like straight script to inks? No, it's, it's straight script. Um, there will be times where Mark will have some other ideas and he will contact me. And so far, nine times out of nine, I've said, yeah, absolutely. Because my attitude is, Mark is the artist. If he can't come up with something better visually than what I've come up with, then something is definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, I write, I write, the full, I write a full script. I've been writing comics full script for, God, like fifteen years now. Okay. So, and I'm looking at uh, page four, and Ben has a very, very adverse reaction to the mugger calling him Spider Man. And um, yeah. you know, and that and that comes back a few times. So, uh, yeah. um, I notice he's he's kind of wrestling back and forth throughout the book between like you know not wanting to be associated with Spider Man, don't call me Spider Man, but then on the other hand, you know, at the end when he says call me Peter, and he's kind of yeah. looking for that Aunt May figure. You know, what's um, yeah. what's going on in his head with all of that? Well, there's like I said, there's a lot going on in his head. I mean. On the one hand, he wants, he doesn't want to be confused with Spider-Man because to him, he is the Scarlet Spider. 
as close fighter is an entirely different character. On the other hand, he is Peter Parker's clone, and he thinks to himself, "What could, you know?" As far as he's concerned, Peter Parker's life represented normality. So he, you know, he would like to have a normal life. He wants to get out of the whole jackal thing. He wants to be normal again, and his only real point of reference for normality is Peter Parker. So that's going to be his uh, his his uh, his. Uh, base of operations, that's going to be his standard for normality, then it makes sense that he would try to emulate Peter Parker's life. But Scarlet Spider is another is another individual. Mm-hmm. And um, he shoots that mugger, too, and, um, you know, kind of like, tries yeah. to, <laughs> this is uh, not the Ben Riley from the 90s. <laughs> no. No, that's... Well, I really thought that that would be a very good way to underscore the difference, because you know we've been reading Spider-Man comic books since 1963, and I'm reasonably sure that Spider-Man has never taken a gun and just shot a guy point blank, especially a guy who's lying on the ground helpless. I thought that it would be a good way to underscore the difference between not only Ben Riley and Peter Parker, but Ben Riley and what you've seen of Ben Riley in the past. Because the old Ben Riley would never have done that. But this Ben Riley says, Don't call me Spider Man or you you're gonna regret it. The guy starts to call him Spider Man and he shoots him. And he says then he turns to the girl and he says, I warned him. You you heard me warn him, right? And she's <laughs> like, Yeah and he says, See I told you I warned him. Um <laughs> I mean to him he's very you know, he's very straightforward. I warned him not to call me Spider Man. He starts to call me Spider Man, I'm gonna kneecap him. <laughs> and I, I did. And I, I mean, I, I really wrote that, and I wanted fans' jaws to drop and go, "Holy shit! He shot the guy!" You know, I mean, I still remember the shock I felt, as did all fans, I think, when we first saw Wolverine back in the Claremont Burn days, cut some guards up in the Savage Land. He just cut them to pieces. And Nightcrawler and and we didn't actually see it. And Nightcrawler and Storm are watching it from off panel, and they look like they're going to bark. And they are just stunned that Wolverine is just going in and killing guys, and he's being very matter of fact about it. And as a fan, I was just stunned because that was pretty much unprecedented at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, many years have passed since those days, and it's much harder to have fans react with a degree of shock. And I'm hoping that, you know, that's what I was going for in this first issue. I wanted fans to go, holy crap, he just shot a guy. I mean, if that was a Punisher, you know, nobody would would so much as blink because that's what the Punisher does. But Spider-Man, he doesn't shoot guns at all, much less shoot with accuracy and, and shoot a guy in the knees. I mean, uh, briefly, I talked with him blowing the guy's head off, and I said, Whoa! That's a <laughs> I, 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 hey, look, when you're a writer, you're always imagining all kinds of things. And I thought to myself for about a millisecond, maybe you should just kill the guy. Then I thought, no, too much. Too far over the line. Well, that so that, that sounds more like pain. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, just, I, just had him, I just had him shoot the guy in the kneecap. Yeah, yeah that's what I call impact webbing. Like, oh, yeah, really? 
I mean, I didn't even call. I didn't even call my editor and say, "Hey, what would you think if he?" You know, I just went, like, "No, I'm not." Gonna do that. <laughs> you get that the dial tone a second later. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I would have been polite. And even though this is like, I, I would never imagine my version of Ben Riley doing this. I did laugh when the girl says, "How can I ever pay a hundred bucks?" I'm sorry, give me a hundred yeah. bucks. <laughs> well, yeah. I was like, because what you know yeah, what that that bit that came that came that that concept came out during lunch with you know the girls you know because they have to have a repay you and underscoring how Ben is really kind of out there by having him say, "Give me a hundred bucks." You know, how can I repay you? This is how. Give me money. It's a long um, way from a quarter. He, yeah, really. <laughs> Pretty he took much. A, he took a quarter in the uh, when he first debuted as Spider Man, and now he's taking a yeah. <laughs> forty bucks. It's a pretty long way. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better pay me back. As he's like pointing the gun at her. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I guess a, a Ben Riley's got to you know earn his keep somehow. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So then we get to the next page where Kane uh, does his best uh, masquerading as the Jackal, which yeah. probably should have made him feel icky. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming Kane is going to be a major character even beyond the first arc or so? I would really have been happy to call the book simply Scarlet Spider, so we don't know whether the lead character is Ben or Kane. But, um, yes. Yeah. Kane is definitely going to be a major factor in the series. Okay. And how do you, you know, um, when Ben Riley was still not among the man of the living, you know, we had the Kane book where he was kind of the renegade Spider-Man, you know, the one who would, you know, yeah. ask for money and curse at people. So now with both of these voices in the same book, you know, how do how do you differentiate between them? Well, one of them is Kane. I mean, you know, Kane can be much more of a badass, but he's still essentially a sane human being. Ben, less so. Um, so, to my mind, there that there is great differentiation. Also, Kane wants to kill Ben. Ben is not interested in killing Kane. So there are there are some personality differences. It's very reminiscent of their uh, dynamic during the Lost Years era where Kane was wanting to kill Ben. So, mm -hmm. yeah, more, more things change, the more things stay the same. And, <laughs> and I'm even looking at pages um, 9 and 10, you know, Ben Riley, he's he, he's almost looking like Kane with all of his scars and stuff now. It's like uh, he's, yes. he's slowly becoming what he once was. Was that intentional? Oh, yes, that is, that is very intentional. And not only that, but the fact that they look so much alike is um, is going to to have some major impact in future issues of the book. Okay. Because you know you look at the two of them and you say, my God, they, you know they could be confused for each other. <laughs> and indeed, there is going to be confusion between the two of them that is going to lead to some interesting developments. Could probably fake the readers out a few times too. <laughs> Do a whole issue. You no, know, no, 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 no. No, no, no. The readers, the readers are going to know what's going on. Okay. Uh, especially because they, they, they have very different styles. I mean, uh, Ben Riley talks in narrative caption. Kane okay. is constantly muttering his thoughts out loud to himself. 
Um, you know, he's got his own verbal narration. I mean, really, if it were the older days, I would have Ben with thought balloons. I would have Kane uh, uh, with thought balloons. But thought balloons seem to be passe in this modern day. The oh, problem man. is that I didn't want I didn't want to have both of them speaking with caption narrative because that would be insanely confusing for the readers. So mm. Ben remains the only caption narrative uh, spider character in this book. Uh, and uh, Kane just kind of talked out loud to himself. And um, in pages 9 and 10, you have Ben confronting his past jackal self, you know, when we see him with the scars. What are his thoughts about, like, you know, what just happened, you know, that whole, like, jackal thing, and, like, you know, embracing, or in this case, you know, punching it and rejecting that jackal identity? Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, as I said earlier, his inner mind is really at war with itself because on the one hand, he felt that he was doing good as the jackal. On the other hand, part of him knows that the jackal was the bad guy. And since he was the jackal, that would make him the bad guy. But he can be the bad guy because he's the scarlet spider who's the good guy. So there is a hell of a lot going on in this guy's head. And when I just had him put his, you know, fist right through the jackal, I thought that would be a way of underscoring the the tumult that's going through this guy's brain. And then in uh, pages 11 and 12, we're introduced to Cassandra Mercury. Is she going to be the primary antagonist? Well, I guess along with Kane. Uh, yeah, for the time being, yes. Cassandra is going to be a major supporting player in the series. Mm-hmm. And then we where had... Did, uh, oh, go ahead. Where did Ben get those, uh, those 90 shades? Was that like a, just a visual thing? Uh, well, I'm sorry, what was that? I said, where did Ben get those 90 shades? Because those look like, those sunglasses look straight out of the 90s. Made me kind of laugh. I love, like- I love those shades, yeah. I actually went on Google and looked for like sunglasses that looked like they had come out back in the 90s and sent that and sent that photo reference to Mark Bagley. He said, he's wearing sunglasses like that. Nice. <laughs> that was a specific request. I love it. And oh yeah. And you would think that Ben shooting the guy in the knee would be, you know, the talking point of the issue, but believe it or not, um the you know, buzz that a lot of people have been saying online is this Aunt June scene. Uh where, you know, Ben is just gravitating to yes. this, you know, um Aunt May figure and um Yeah. And then Aunt June is about as far from Aunt May as you can possibly get. <laughs> but she is Aunt June is not a one-off she is a she is a regular character in the book she kind of reminds me of Blind Al on Dead, in Deadpool how she's oh okay how, it's, you know I, I, I can't I, no I'm not seeing it I'm sorry it's just, <laughs> well in terms no, of concept she, she is Aunt June no, the concept is what I've seen at casinos in Las Vegas I've seen Aunt June. I've seen these elderly women who sit there with a huge bucket of quarters and absolutely will not tear their eyes away from the roulette machine. From, uh, not the roulette machine. Uh, from the... From the uh, oh, my God. From the slot machine, exactly. Um, they are just totally focused in. And you even try to address them, and they ignore you. So, no, and. And June, I mean, I saw Aunt June the first time I went to Las Vegas, and that was, God, back in back in the uh, back in the nineteen eighties. Um, 
And if you if you go around to casinos, you're always going to see women like that. And I couldn't think of anyone ever using one of those women and putting them in a comic book. So, you know, what the hell? Why not? But I can assure you, if you go to casinos in Vegas, you'll see him in June there. You you see him at the Indian casinos in Oklahoma too. It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, li- I live in Florida. We got Seminole casinos, uh, Hard Rock, and yeah. I, I've seen some Antunes yeah. also on cruise ships too. But uh, uh, she, she she's got a little scowl there too. You know when she's telling Ben to shut yeah. up. So yeah. <laughs> are we yeah. now? So are we going to see her away from the slot machine ever? Um, or is she? <laughs> or, yeah. or, um. Yes, we actually are. We're going to see her away from the slot. I mean, she's still going to be in the casino, but we see her away from the slot machine in issue four. Okay. Okay. And then um, Ben's conscience, uh, you know, his jackal conscience and his scarlet spider conscience, they both kind of abandon him. So. Yes. <laughs> looks like he's going well, in. That, you was, know, that uh, was symbolic. I mean, you know, that was symbolic. I, that was symbolic. I keep trying to. Um, I was trying to underscore that Ben is trying to set a new path for himself. And, I mean, I was originally thinking of having the Scarlet Spider and the Jackal be continued recurring characters. And, I thought, and then I thought to myself, you know what? No, that's too much. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start implying that he's MPD or something, that he's constantly hallucinating. So, you know, as far as I was concerned, they're pretty much... You know, they're turning around and saying, fine, you're on your own, was to me a symbolic way of depicting that Ben had chosen to try and go off in his own direction now. So so they're done. We're not going to be seeing, you know, Jetpack Scarlet Spider anymore. <laughs> no, not really. Unless they make an action figure of him. I mean, it, it, you know, with that little strap that had the spider head on it, it looked like an action figure right then and there. So <laughs> they've they've already they've already got the mold at Hasbro. I think they can make a Marvel Legends uh, with with the uh, jetpack. You'll probably see um, a cosplayer of Jetpack Scarlet Spider sooner rather than later as well. I think it's hysterical when they make you know action figures of my characters. I mean, they made an action figure of the Maestro, which I was a step. Even more shockingly, they made an action figure of the Hulk the way that he was depicted in the end. He was even parts of his body were even eaten away because of the cockroaches. I thought that was hysterical. Well, I've got both of your uh, twenty ninety nine. Uh, well, I've got like three twenty ninety nine. Oh, so do I. They never sell them to me, but you know, I always buy oh, them when I You buy them when they see them on the shelf. Uh, well, of course. I, it's the only way I get them. They don't send them to me. Well, that's sad. Well, and you get you. I think you get royalties for like the twenty ninety nine toys, right? I guess I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I I get I get my paychecks from Marvel, and it's like I don't really study it to see what what is uh, <laughs> what it what it's constituted. I just look at the total amount. I go okay, and that's that. It's gonna pay my bills this month. All right, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of twenty ninety nine, just as an aside, right quick, are you still writing that, or is that is that because the solicitation next for 25 question. came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> next, next question. All right. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I don't have, uh, you know, much to, you know, insight about the action sequence, you know, which brings us to the cliffhanger when he's face-to-face with, you know, Cassandra. And like I said, you know, he does yeah. the call me Peter thing. And he's actually kind of cavalier about his secret identity, too, because he, he tells Mandy to call him Ben. But, uh, you know, she's not yeah, happy. because Ben is such... 
Hassan is such a uh, such a unique and odd name that it would certainly tip off. She, yeah, I mean, that's why she said, "Oh my God, you mean Ben Riley?" I mean, that's so kind of <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and that's really it's Fair really enough. giving away. It's really giving away absolutely nothing. It's not like he said, "Call me Peter Parker clone." I mean, you know, <laughs> saying "Call me." Call me Ben really doesn't mean much of anything. Although, like I said, you know, neither does the name Peter when you get down to it. I mean, my name is Peter, for God's sake. Well, so, um, you know, I mean, he's not giving anybody a last name. Mm-hmm. He, he still is uh, adhering to the rules of secret identity, as that goes. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he says, call me Ben, which is his first name, but that doesn't really tip off anything. I just I just contrast that with issue twelve of Amazing Spider Man where he's like I gotta pretend that I hate spiders or Flash and the gang will think that I'm Spider Man like because Peter was always yeah. Peter was always so paranoid that like you know he couldn't like do anything even like remotely related yeah. to being Spider Man or they would know where uh, exactly. you know be, being killed twenty two times or however many how many times did Ben Riley die Zach. 27 times. Yeah, being killed 27, being killed 27 times, you know, will uh, make you have different priorities when it comes to secret identities. So, but pretty much, yeah. But we do get the cliffhanger with him and Cassandra, and she's uh, she's not happy yeah. because of the whole, you know clone conspiracy mess i guess uh there's a lot of people you know this made me think there's probably a lot of people out there who are not happy with ben about you know bringing back their loved ones and then making their loved ones melt is uh ben gonna have to be doing a little bit of an apology tour throughout the series no no Mm -hmm. no that i mean the thing is that the things in, in clone conspiracy happen obviously but I don't want to belabor it endlessly. I mean, yeah, we, we could wind up doing two dozen issues of going around to different towns throughout the world and apologizing to everybody, but you want to keep trying to move forward. You don't want to keep rehashing a story that's already been done. So Cassandra is kind of representing pretty much everyone who was screwed over um, by the uh, by the actions of the jackal, uh, there there is uh, she is the only one that I have any plans to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Riley did have a supporting cast back in the day. Uh, obviously, he did have a what? He has a supporting cast back in the day, like uh, Shirley and Daily yeah. Grind, uh, Janine. Yeah. Is there any chance any of those characters show up in this series? Not not planning on it at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe in year two or three, you know, God willing, you know, he might want to look up Janine <laughs> since she was carted off to jail <laughs> last time. But uh, yeah. it, it, it looks like he's all about, yeah, you know, moving forward and stuff. Use, most of his cast members, he just seem to get killed or carted away. So, you know, <laughs> not not a lot of, of leeway there. Yeah, I'm sure Shirley's uh, coffee shop got replaced by Starbucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, and, and so. as far as everyone knows, you know, they saw Ben Riley die, you know, and being carried away by yeah. Spider-Man. So, you know, exactly. if they ran into him, it's like, oh, uh, witness protection program. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened to your face, Ben? Witness protection program's <laughs> rough, surely. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, if they happened to run into him, they probably wouldn't recognize him because if you saw somebody whose face that messed up, your reaction, your immediate gut reaction would be to look quickly away so they won't think that you're right. staring at them. So if they ever saw them coming, they, they just 
look in the other direction and not even recognize it. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, they, they just wouldn't be looking at it. Mm-hmm. No blonde hair dye or anything anytime soon? No. No, no blonde hair dye. Not oh. really necessary. Mm-hmm. He's already well disguised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yep. those cards. Um, and uh, now uh, he's trying to stay off the radar from Peter and Spider-Man, you know, uh, so we yeah. already know that Kane's something him. Um, are we looking at any appearances by Spider-Man in the first six months or year? No. Mm-hmm. No, well, I'm trying to focus. You know, if, if you bring in Spider-Man, then it basically becomes a different series. So, no, I do not have any plans to have Peter Parker show up at the very least, within the first year. <laughs> okay. And any teases about what's to come ahead? Well, I mean, geez, I already told you, going back to the original costumers of issue three, so... Um, we're just greedy. <laughs> what was that? I said, we're just greedy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we're going to find out that Cassandra's daughter isn't quite as dead as Cassandra has led us to believe. And there's going to be some major developments with that, which are going to have a long-term impact on both Ben and the series. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> and yes, Kane is going to wind up catching up with Ben Riley, and yes, there is going to be a head-to-head confrontation between them. Great. I always love a good Ben Riley Kane fight. So. <laughs> oh well, you'll love this. <laughs> yeah, and you never got to write Ben Riley back during his first go round in the nineties. You were um uh, no, I was I was when we did our Spider Man meets Spider Man twenty ninety nine one off, mm-hmm. um, I was given the opportunity to use either Ben Riley or Peter Parker. And I was actually told by Marvel you should have it be Spider Man twenty ninety nine meets Ben Riley because Ben Riley is going to be the Spider Man of the future. My response was, no, he's not. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't believe that for a microsecond. I said, I don't care what your plans are at the moment. There is no freaking way that Ben Riley is going to replace Peter Parker permanently. It's not going to happen. So thanks very much for the opportunity, but I'm going to have him meet Peter Parker because this is my one opportunity to do a crossover between these two guys. And I'm not going to have it be wasted on Ben Riley. He's probably going to die at some point, which you know we then did. <laughs> so I've always felt I've always felt very pleased with myself that I definitely made the right call about that crossover. So that was my one opportunity to write Ben Riley in the past. So mm-hmm. you know this is uh, I'm really coming at a, a, a to me seriously original character. Although it, I am now just remembering that even though you didn't write Ben Riley, you did have Peter Parker do the Ben Riley alias back during your friendly neighborhood run. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah, of that, neighbor. didn't make him Ben Riley; just made him Peter Parker using an alias so <laughs> with, with, with a hollow projector. <laughs> yeah, so I guess if you think about it, um, the fact that Ben Riley called himself Peter is fair. Because if Peter called himself Ben, he would call himself Peter. I can't argue with any of that logic. Why, thank you. (laughs) Speaking of uh, Friendly Neighborhood, I I have to, because this is my first opportunity to actually talk to you, uh, thank you for writing issue 27. Um, Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
in case anybody does not realize what you're referring to, was it issue 27? I thought it was earlier. I thought it was issue like 23. I think it was it was your last series. It was your last issue. I before think that was the issue series. 20. I think that was issue 23. Oh, yeah, okay. for those of you who do not know what Zach is referring to, um, I was doing what was I was doing was what was the Q and A or a live chat? We were doing you a know? podcast on uh, the Spider Man Crawl Space with Brad Douglas. Oh, okay. It was a, okay. It was there. And Zach asked me if there was going to be any resolution to the lawsuit that Jonah Jameson was filing against Peter Parker. Um, because at the time, Peter had revealed himself to be Spider-Man, and he, and uh, Jonah realized that all those years that he was buying pictures off of him, um, he was basically you know, being defrauded, which I have to admit was a piece of logic that I never really quite understood. Um, but putting that aside, and that one of us going to be a confrontation, and I immediately said something like, oh, yes, I'm sure Joseph Sisky has that covered. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it, and I contacted the editor, and I said, how is Joe going to be resolving the J. Jonah Jameson, Peter pa- Swing Peter Parker storyline? And the editor said, he's not. And I went, what? And he said, yeah, he doesn't have a resolution for that. And I said, can I resolve it? And he said, go ahead. And I wound up writing, uh, uh, I think it was issue 23. could be wrong. But I, 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 just, I just looked it up. It is 23. Oh, well, there you oh go. my uh, God! I remember that. Um, and I, I wrote it into issue twenty-three, in which Jonah Jameson has a big confrontation with Peter Parker, and it actually turned out to be one of my favorite issues um, because you know just having this Jonah Jameson Peter Parker confrontation was, to my mind, tremendously entertaining, and it was to my and it was again to my mind a culmination of this of these guys' forty-year history of antipathy as Jonah Jameson beats the living crap out of Spider-Man in a boxing ring. Spider-Man, of course, does absolutely nothing to defend himself as Jonah just, you know, wails away at him and it's all being photographed, which I thought was the perfect culmination. Right. You know, um, it also had, it, it also had my favorite ending because, <laughs> I had, because I had him swipe a bottle of wine and he leaves a note that says, you know, you know, best regards, your FNFM. And I had Jonah's last line of dialogue being, I hate that Spider Man. <laughs> and I was told by the editor that there was absolutely no way that that was going to get through editorial. And I said, why not? I'm not the one who dubbed him friendly neighborhood Spider Man. That's been around for since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, and I've never been the one who had it had it abbreviated as FNSM. That's going back to the Stan Lee days. So all I did was come to the logical conclusion of having someone saying, "I hate that FN Spider Man," and to my complete and like I said, the editor said it was never going to get through. And to my astonishment, when it saw print, there it was. Yeah, I hate that FN Spider Man. It's probably one of the you know my favorite curtain lines of a comic book of a comic book well and it's the well, thank you for suggesting that Zach. well because, you know if you if, if you're not asked that i never would have written that story well i it always it, when i saw the build-up towards it i had the biggest grin on my face reading it and so uh, it, it brought me a lot of a lot of uh a lot of great happiness well, so 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm very, I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that you suggested it. And I was honestly kind of astounded that Joe had launched the storyline with no clear idea of how to resolve it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I wonder whether he knew ahead of time that we were going to wind up doing, you know, pushing the big red reset button that was going to have that entire thing go away. Um, right. Sometimes I think maybe they did that much sooner than he expected, and so he never had the chance to resolve the storylines that, uh, you know, that he had set in the motion. Right. Or maybe he just thought it'd be funny and wasn't going to do anything with it. You he never could, know. It could have been like an offhand thing that he thought about when he when he did it and didn't think anything beyond the initial comment. I have no... Could be. I mean, I really don't have any idea about that, but the fact that he didn't have any resolution to it, I'm just turned out to be very grateful for that because, like I said, I got to do one of my favorite stories. With awesome well, Todd Knockart... Yes. Oh, yeah, well, of course. I mean, it, it, it was really funny because Todd, for some reason, Todd had fallen out of favor at Marvel Editorial. I had no idea why, but they weren't interested in hiring him. And um, I wanted him, I wa- you know, and I was trying to get work for Todd because I'd loved working with the Money on Justice. And when they said we were going to be needing a fill-in artist for a two-part Mysterio story, I said, well, you should get Todd Nock. And at first I was getting, you know, resistance. And I said, no, 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 get Todd Nock. And they went, fine. And they hired Todd to do the Mysterio, uh, Mysterio two-parter. And about a, a week or two after he started drawing it, I get this call from editorial. And they say, we're getting in artwork from Todd. And I said, okay. And they said, it's coming in really fast. And it's really good. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. And they said, can you make it a three-part Mysterio story? And I went, okay. And I brought in a third Mysterio, and it turned out to be a three-part Mysterio story. And then when the other artists on the series went away, uh, Todd became the regular artist on on, uh, on Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which I was thrilled about. And they became so enamored of his work that they wound up having him do this uh, one-off uh, with, with uh, Barack Obama, which right. got him huge national attention. So I was, I was very pleased with, you know, the fact that I had some small contribution to getting Todd Knox back into the door at Marvel Comics. And I can assure you that if we need a fill-in artist for um, for uh, Scarlet Spider, I will definitely be talking Todd's name out there. Well, there you go. Well, you, and Todd actually has experience drawing Ben Riley, both in the Scarlet Spider yep. costume and because uh, he did that six-issue uh, Clone Saga trade with Tom and Tom DeFalco and Ron... Uh, uh, Howard, Howard, Ma- Howard Mackey. I almost said Ron okay. Prince. <laughs> so there you go. So it all come, it all, it's all cyclical. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I, thank you for bringing Todd Knock back because I, I enjoyed his artwork quite a bit. Um, Good. And and more as I've gone back and read other things like Young Justice. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So usually when we wrap up a show, we have we have you the whoever we, we have as a guest on kind of tempt their stuff. So what are you working on that you can say that's actually being released or? Uh, what you got going on, then, David? <laughs> well, I have this book called Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. I'll have to check it out. Um, we'll have to check it out, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that you may definitely want to check out. Um, and in terms of novels, I'm 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 working on the third book in the Hidden Earth trilogy. 
that uh, is going to be published by Crazy Eight Press. So I'm very, you know, I'm very excited about that. And I have some, I have some uh, movie and TV stuff that I can't really talk about right now. Well, we'll be uh, eagerly anticipating hearing about all that as, as, okay. as time comes on. So, okay, sounds good. Yeah, thank you so much for, you know, coming on and talking to us. And even, you know, um, I loved hearing about the Todd Knock friendly neighborhood in D.C. stuff, too. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And we're looking forward to more uh, Ben Riley this girl. Oh, one, one other thing I should mention. Uh, oh. You're talking about uh, upcoming projects. This is not a project I'm working on, but IDW is going to be re-releasing the Fallen Angel series. Uh, from the very beginning in, in some gorgeous new uh, trades. So oh, wow. for those for those people who missed it the first time around, they can start getting themselves caught up. We're starting it uh, from the very beginning back when it was a DC book. So be sure oh. to go and, and pick those up. The first one ships in September. I'll have to check that and out. It's all new co- and it's, it's all new covers by J.K. Woodward. Appreciate it, Peter. Thank Not you so problem. much. Take care, guys.